This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It's Monday, August 9th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Today on the College Football Daily, we're going to be talking about Kansas State. The uh, the Kansas State Wildcats have an interesting season in store because they're in the realignment crosshairs and they aren't one of the teams that is getting a lot of buzz to join one of the existing quote-unquote power five conferences. They're not a slam dunk for anybody. They're not a They don't look like a Big Ten. They don't look like a Pac-12, at least based on what you're hearing. But as Tim Fitzgerald, our guest, is going to point out, this is the third winningest Big 12 program ever. And this is a a proud a proud football program that um that, that has good fans that has good good alumni base and that has a lot to bring to the table. Tim's going to point this out too. It's it's not quite whatever they do in 2021 shouldn't really matter all that much. But on the heels of a four and six season and having slumped a little bit going back since the later years of the Bill Snyder era, the second tenure there, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Kansas State to have a an eight and four season. The Vegas over under is five and a half. Talking to Tim, you kind of want to hit the over, but I, I also feel like I do that every single time I talk to one of our great guests on the College Football Daily as I feel emboldened and inspired and, and want to hit the over on their team. And then you probably need to take a few days and then let the recency bias fade away. So we're going to get to that in a second. The first nugget, uh, though, today to talk about is the the death of, of Bobby Bowden, the Florida State iconic head coach, died at the age of 91 after a battle with pancreatic cancer. He has 370 career wins, second most in college football FBS history, and two national titles, coached at West Virginia and at Florida State. He got to Florida State in 1976. That was not a very good football program when he got there, and he retired after the 2009 season, so 34 years in Tallahassee. And when you're growing up watching college football, coaches, because players are gone after every four and five years, coaches are the icons of the sport, the lions on the sideline, the the figureheads of the programs. And I feel like back in the day, when Bobby Bowden was doing his thing in the 90s, that just felt like he, it, was, it didn't get any bigger than that. So a sad day, but a life well lived. 91 years old, two national titles, changed the college football program forever. It's pretty cool. Let's get to Tim Fitzgerald to talk Kansas State. Okay, Tim Fitzgerald joins us right now. Tim, I um, Kansas State's one of my favorites, and we're doing the uh, across the country with the College Football Daily playlist on Spotify. We're covering every Power Five team this off season, so we definitely want to give the Wildcats all the preseason love we can. I want to learn about the team today. I feel like uh, we we can't really ignore the elephant in the room. That is realignment. And you've done such a good job covering that and and, uh, writing columns about it and opining on it. I want to get your take as as the Wildcats prepare for the 2021 season, how much the whole Big 12, Big 8, all that stuff is hanging over everyone's head. Well, I appreciate you including me on uh, the list of Power Fives because Kansas State, who knows where they're going to end up when this all shakes out. There was such a panic when it happened because it came out of left field, but I think the 
Big 12, which is about to be a Big 8 again, is, is going to stick together. I mean, they've got too much money on the table to break up. And I think the cease and desist letter from Commissioner Bowlesby might have calmed it down and made some other conferences cool their jets a little bit if they were sniffing around. I know there's probably still things going on, but I think for the near future, these schools will stick together because they're owed a lot of money by ESPN and now exiting schools that they just don't want to leave on the table. What, what, where do you think the fan intention is, Tim, right now? Like you're writing, I'm sure fall camp starting soon. So you're doing that, yeah. but you've also got the realignment stuff. If I was a fan of, of one of these schools, I think it would be hard for me to totally lock into my team as well. Are you seeing that? Yeah, probably. I mean, there's so much at stake for Kansas State. I feel like if you're Oklahoma State or Texas Tech, the drama isn't as much as, oh no, where are we going to end up? other than the the feeling of treason by by a school that you know you thought you were paired with in some ways but they probably feel safe that when it all shakes out they're going to be power five there's a great deal of uncertainty for kansas state fans because i I think there's a lack of appreciation for what k-state has brought to the table in the past i think it probably astonishes people to know that behind texas and oklahoma kansas state's the the most winning team left in the big 12 overall history oklahoma state's right on their heels and probably will pass them this season but they're they're up on that list and also that they actually drive pretty decent tv ratings if you extract oklahoma and texas from the equation k-state was on three of the top five rated games from the big 12 last season so i i think it it and, and that's on a four six season so i think it may be the truth here needs to get out about kansas state bluntly put Trey, i don't think k-state's done a good job communicating that at least publicly. And maybe they are behind the scenes, but as far as we know, their entire push is to stay into the in the conference. But I, I think fans are a little bit uneasy. They're worrying about it. And it is overshadowing what could be a pretty good season. This is a team that, that has some promise and, again, feels a little undervalued from, from the outside. But I think K-Staters feel a little bit optimistic about the year. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, uh, the Big 12 is all I've ever known. I did not know that fact, though, about K-State being the third one in this program in conference history. So that's good stuff. And I, and I do think it's unfortunate for Kansas State, the timing of all of this, Tim. You know, We see yep. Iowa State getting Big 10 buzz and, and Kansas really just because of the basketball program. You know, you go back 10 years, this is, you know, Kansas State's the one who was number one for a little bit. Like this is, mm-hmm. you know, they just happened to go four and six last year. And, and maybe it's been a little bit tough uh, with that, this, despite the Oklahoma wins, but this is not, this is not usually a second-rate football program. No, not at all. And maybe it started to slip under Bill Snyder, which is why retirement happened and Chris Kleiman came in and goes to a bowl game in his first year and has a pandemic in his second year. So I don't think it's a good time for K-State football to be judged, but I would encourage K-State football to improve their resume in a quick matter of time because that time will come. And here's the thing about realignment. We do so much judging of a program, what they are in the moment of realignment. Really, you need to look at what they can bring to a conference long term. In other words, I think there's some teams out there on the horizon if the Big 12 were to expand that I might overvalue or value more than other people because I look at what they could be, not what they are in the moment. Because what they're in the moment is fleeting and passing and maybe won't hold true in three years when they're actually in the conference. So I think K-State would bring a lot to the table. If you were just going to judge it on 2021, what are we feeling good about? Skylar Thompson is one of the most experienced quarterbacks in college football. Deuce Vaughn. This is a team that returns to super seniors just like everyone else does. 
I don't think you're going to catch Oklahoma by surprise this time, but this is it. I think this should be a pretty good football team, Tim. Well, anytime you've got a six-year senior quarterback with something to prove and some very impressive wins on his resume, you're in pretty good shape at quarterback. And and plus, they've got a sophomore now who you know was forced into playing action as a true freshman with no spring football, who by all accounts is doing very well in off-season drills in Will Howard. So I think they're pretty good at quarterback. And of course, Deuce Vaughn at running back is rather dynamic, but it came down towards the end of the season. They had some issues with just depth and being worn out, worn down, but also teams figured out that they weren't as good at quarterback as they needed to be. And they were kind of one-dimensional with Deuce Vaughn and and really zeroed in on those things. You know, Trey, last year, K-State was completely rebuilding its offensive line. They lost all of its starters. And they had one guy in Josh Rivas coming back who had some starts, but wasn't really considered a starter. And they plunged into the season with a rebuild offensive line with no spring football and really no off-season program. And that really, really caused some issues for them throughout the year. In fact, this year they returned eight guys that they would consider starters because they started so many games. Between COVID and injuries, they, they really had to dig down. And so now that weakness from a year ago is really a strength as they're experienced on that offensive line, and they feel good about where this offense could be if the receivers step forward. Do you have another Wyatt Hubert type of player on either side of the trenches, sort of a program guy, blue collar guy. I feel like K-State has one every year, usually a a former walk-on or really lowly ranked recruit who becomes an NFL guy. Yeah. You know, I don't know in the, in the moment if you can point to a guy, but I think they have actually remarkably good depth at defensive end. And and to put this into context where K-State football has kind of dropped down to right now, isn't just about wins and losses that the feature guy on defense, Wyatt Hubert, Uh, was very good, but he was also a seventh-round pick. I mean, we're not talking about a guy that was highly in demand with the league because he was so good. Someone, you know, on on the scale of a Darren Howard, another defensive end K-State produced. I don't know if they have any guys like that, but they do have some young guys that they're going to run four or five, maybe even six guys deep at defensive end. And I think what you'll see from that defensive front is fresh bodies throughout the game. But Bronson Boom Massey's another super senior coming back. And I think he's poised now that he's healthy to be a much more dynamic player than they've seen coming off the edge from him. And I think he's going to be highly impactful. Do you feel really good about the direction under Chris Kleiman? Five straight losses, if, if we're chalking them up to, to depth and COVID, are we or are we putting a mulligan on, on the, the end of the 2020 season and still liking this trend line? Well, when he came in, the problem was obvious. This program didn't have enough depth. They had some really good frontline players like Wyatt Hubert and Skyler, and he inherited some nice pieces, but not a lot of depth, which had been an ongoing trend for Kansas State as the season wore on. They'd run out of players. We saw that last year, uh, but uh, you know that was a that was a multiplication of locker room issues, COVID injuries, and all that. And I do like where the program is poised to go, but this year feels like a, a critical year. Year three always is for a new coach, but coming off of a, a season that ended so poorly, it wasn't just four and six. You mentioned it. It was five straight losses to end the season. And quite frankly, the games against Texas and Iowa State were not competitive. They were done. They were they were out of gas by season's end. So they really need to bounce back. And I view the Stanford game down in Arlington to open the season as one of the more important K-State games in a long while. Not just important for wins and losses, but important for the the fan base to roll down there and show, you know, the kind of K-State support that really has shown up through the years to bowl games and, and put that on national TV. 
you need to win that game because you come home, you've got a FCS opponent in Southern Illinois, and then you play a really good Nevada team before you start with murderer's row of Big 12 scheduling in Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and Iowa State. And uh, getting that win against Stanford really needs to set a tone for the season. Have you all made your predictions, uh, your, your season predictions over at Go Power Cat? Do you, do you have a, a record you got in mind? <laughs> uh, we did. I went eight and four, which feels really optimistic. But I think this team has that in them. I, 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 I don't think I'm looking at this with, with tinted glasses. I'm always mystified that Kansas State is a program that is always judged by, by voters for what they don't have instead of what they do have. And I look at TCU as the opposite. I think everyone always values TCU because look what they have, look what they've gained. And, and we do kind of write off the fact that K-State's offense with Skylar Thompson and Deuce Vaughn and, and other weapons and an experienced line could put up a lot of points. Now, defensively, they do have some questions, particularly at linebacker in the middle of the defense. But that's kind of what they're always judged on is what they don't have instead of understanding they might just have people step up. And I, I think that they will have some people step up. And like you asked about earlier, I, I feel good about this coaching staff preparing players to uh, be ready to be viable at the Big 12 level pretty quickly next season. Tim Fitzgerald, one of the best we've got at 24-7 sports. I'm always sort of pulling for Kansas State. They're one of my teams. So I appreciate you joining us. And I'm, uh, I'm pulling for that eight and four as well. Well, I tell you what, if K-State ends up in the Mountain West, I will text you from a road game in Vegas. <laughs> I look forward to coming with you to that game, too. Was glad to talk about Kansas State with Tim Fitzgerald, the publisher of Go Power Cat, the 24-7 Sports Kansas State website. We are trying to, and we will, yeah, we'll absolutely do, every single Power 5 college football team this offseason on the Across the Country with the College Football Daily playlist on Spotify. I think we have just a handful of teams left, so we're really crushing it. And Kansas, the Kansas State one was fun to do because someone even left a review on Apple Podcasts asking us to do it. Imarika. Yeah, is that Imarika? Yeah, that makes sense because of Ima. It said, awesome pod. Thanks for doing the pod. I listen to this one and all the other 24-7 sports ones as often as I can. I'm a huge K-State fan, though, and rarely hear us mentioned. Since the late 90s, Kansas State has had a number one ranking in the BCS and has had seven 11 win seasons. In the wake of the OU-UT conversation and in light of you guys wanting to have an episode on the All Power 5 programs, I was hoping you could put together a Kansas State episode and get us some national publicity. Well, Imarika... We were going to do it anyway. I wanted to give you a special shout out for leaving us a review and a five-star rating, I presume, on Apple Podcasts. Our producer is Lance Glenn. Thanks again to Tim Fitzgerald. My name is Trey Scott. Have a great Monday. We'll talk to you on Tuesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.